Hello, and welcome to An Unknown Adventure, podcast number 32. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann. This week, I'm talking to Sandy Forrester, who has a super cool moniker, Wildly Wealthy Woman. We talked about two completely different topics, both amazing, and I don't want the second part to get swallowed up by the first part. So I am breaking this up into two separate episodes. First, a quick personal update. I made good on my threat to start a YouTube channel. I don't have much up there, but I will be adding content whenever I can. So far, there's a video on my couch meltdown. And on that note, I've gotten rid of a lot more stuff. My beloved couch and coffee table. Now my living room looks quite empty, and I like that, even though I mourn my couch daily. I actually really do. It was such a popular brand that the couch sold in two days after listing it on Craigslist, and there were five people fighting over it. I don't blame them. It was the most comfortable couch I've ever sat on. I've been dealing with a lot emotionally, as one would expect when they let go of everything they own. In a lot of ways, it's been amazing, and in others, it's been terrifying. My van will be ready for pickup two weeks from today, and I will do an empty van, YouTube, and Instagram tour after pickup. Okay, enough stress talk. Now you get to hear about a woman who has incredible travel stories, starting with a 10-month family travel experience when she was 15 years old. As an adult, Sandy has climbed Mount Everest, Mount Kilimanjaro, and has hiked the Inca Trail. So you won't find your usual travel stories here and definitely no resorts. I love Sandy's energy and her positivity. Her can-do attitude radiates through the recording, and I know you will fall in love with her as I have. And now you get to meet Sandy Forster. Hello, and welcome to An Unknown Adventure podcast. And if you could tell us who you are and where you are in the world right now. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, everyone. My name is Sandy Forster. I am from the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. And is it sunny right now or is it always sunny? It's usually just gloriously sunny, but we have had really super duper heavy rains for the last three days. So yeah, looking like flooding. (laughs) Oh no, but you probably need it. Yeah, I I have to admit that because where I live is very tropical, when you get beautiful rain like this, everything is so lush and green and the birds love it and the grass grows and yeah, it's gorgeous. Oh, nice. I've never been to Australia. It's a nice place to be. (laughs) I was just watching an earth ship that was built in Australia. I'll send you the link. It's Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't, that do you sounds know what a it, bit interesting. I don't yeah. even know what an earth ship is. It's a ship that, well, it's not a ship, it's a house. <laughs> That's like a, a tiny house usually. And apparently the guy who came up with the concept lives in the United States somewhere. So now I've got to look that guy up. And it's using the environment to make a fully self-sustained home off the grid. Oh, beautiful. Everything's solar and catching rainwater. And he got it fully permitted. And he said it was the first on the books permitted earthship in Australia. Oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. 
Yeah, it looked pretty cool. The only thing is he can't use his gray water to water the plants. He was, but then they made him stop that. Yeah. Fair but enough. everything else is, yeah. I mean, it's like, a, it's got an indoor greenhouse. It, it, so beautiful. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like you want one yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do. Since I'm going to be living in a van, I'm not going to be having any home. So mm-hmm. we'll wait. We'll wait on that. So what are we talking about today? I love talking about anything to do with travel because I've done a fair bit of that. And I also love talking about like really creating your dreams, like manifesting your dreams, because I've had a bit of a journey down that direction too. And minimalism, I have to say, I am in declutter mode and have been doing for the last probably year or so. So I'm all about less is best. Oh, good. Okay. Let's start with the travel aspect. And so what, where have you gone with that? So for me, I guess I was really lucky. When I was 15, my parents decided to sell our home, which was in the southernmost state of Australia, which is very cold, and then moved to one of the most northern states, Queensland, which is beautiful and warm and tropical. But instead of just doing the move, they thought, why don't we take half the money from the sale of the house and take my older brother, younger sister, and we'll travel the world for 10 months, which is exactly what we did. It was completely mind-blowing. It was so exciting. It really opened my eyes up to what was out there. We did all of the UK, then we went throughout Europe, then we did um, North Africa, then we did a trek from London to Kathmandu. It was fabulous. So that opened my eyes up. So what happened for me was I loved the idea of travel. And I think my first solo trip was when I was um, either 17 or 18. I went to Bali for a week or two with a girlfriend and it was so much fun. I loved it. But since then, I have just done so many different um, amazing adventures. I, I, I guess I'm a bit of an introvert. So I really like my own space. I like staying at home. I don't go out much. I really enjoy that home space. But when I do go somewhere, I go out big. So I've done things like climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, took my kids and we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. With I took my daughter and we climbed Mount Everest. That was a bit of an adventure. I actually almost died then. I got really bad, what do you call it, altitude sickness. I got fluid in the brain and fluid in the lungs and they had to helicopter me off the mountain to Kathmandu Hospital. So that was a bit of an adventure. Apart from that part of that trick, that trek, it was mind-blowing. Like the people, the scenery, the just the whole amazingness of it. It was just incredible. But yeah, that was a bit of a downer at the very end. But I've taken my kids and we've swum with dolphins in Hawaii. We've flown by helicopter over where they filmed Jurassic Park. I have um, trekked the Inca Trail with them. Like we've done a lot of really cool stuff, not just your normal, let's have a holiday down the beach kind of thing. So I love travel. I I really love travel. And right now I've got the brakes on that because in Australia, we if we leave, we can't really come back in. <laughs> Basically, they don't even let us leave at the moment. So we're trapped here. At least it's a nice place to be trapped. It's a very big island. So yeah, it's right. okay being trapped. But I do, I can't wait to travel. I want to go to Bhutan. I want to see the Tiger's Nest Monastery. Yeah. I want to trek the El Camino Trail. I've mm-hmm. got lots of plans for more travel. So when you're trekking, are you living out of a backpack? Are you camping? Or are you staying in inns along the way? 
depending on where I am, for instance, in Everest, we were trekking and staying in tea houses. So Nepalese tea houses, but mind you, oh my gosh, (laughs) talk about if you ever want to have an adventure and then be grateful for your life, climbing Everest is it because you can't really call it accommodation. You've got a tiny square box on a wooden bed with blankets that have probably never been washed for decades. And that's why everyone gets so sick. And it's and everything is filthy dirty. And because everything that goes up the mountain has to come up on the back of a Sherpa. And everything that goes down the mountain has to go down on the back of a Sherpa. And like they don't have any electricity, so they can't be washing things. And yeah, it's pretty intense, but it gives you such an appreciation of your own life, uh, no matter how bad your life might be, you just mm-hmm. think, wowza, that's their entire life. That's what they do every day in, day out. They live on this freezing cold mountain, just see people coming through nonstop. And it's, yeah, pretty full on. But so that was that. But then other places, like when I climbed Kilimanjaro, that was all intense. So that was, you slept in a tent, you felt like you were sleeping on an ice block. <laughs> Nothing I did could warm me up. It was like full on. But it's fun. I the, the way I always say it, and particularly to my children, travel is an adventure. And no matter how good or how bad it is, it's amazing. That's the bottom line. Like I remember in Peru, um, when we were trekking the Inca Trail, we had to get a, a bus from one stop to the next. And we've been told, keep your eye on all your baggage because these people are poor and they think you're traveling. So you must be a multimillionaire. So anyway, I've got my backpack between my legs. I've got everything all sorted. And the, the guy that was helping us get um, our bus had all of our bags and everything was good. And then he said, okay, time to get up. And I stood up and I looked down and, and for a second, I thought, what's wrong? And I realized my backpack was gone. My backpack had my passport, my son's and daughter's passport, had my wallet, all my credit cards, had my camera. That was the most heartbreaking thing. My camera with all our photos gone. And so it basically had everything. And the the guy that we were at the time said, you're going to have to stop the tour. We're going to have to go back to Lima. We're going to have to go to the embassy, sort out your passports. And I said, no. I'm going to continue, like I'm going to make this work. And we did. So we went and we would have missed trekking the Inca Trail if we'd done what he said. But I'm of the mind, even though it was really the the saddest part was not having the photos. But apart from that, everything else can be replaced. Photos, you've got a memory of it anyway. But yeah. It's all an adventure. That's amazing. Yeah, it is all an adventure. But that's amazing that they that somebody was able to steal your backpack between your between your legs. You know what I do? Because I'm really paranoid, like over the top, like maybe not in a good way. And (laughs) so whenever I put my backpack down anywhere, even in where I live, that's like the safest place. I wrap it around my leg. I yeah. Wrap one of the straps like repeatedly yep. around my foot. Ever since that incident, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm the same as you. I just, uh, I've always got some part of my body looped through something yes. so that you can tell yes. because yeah, the, the guy that we were with that was looking after our bags and helping us with the whole journey said, as I said, they think you're rich. They, and they look at their own life. He said, he, well, they probably threw out the camera. And threw out, they threw out everything they didn't need and just probably kept the money. The rest of it they didn't care about. And that's what broke my heart the most. But he said, they just come up behind you and they'll sit there and they'll just wait for a moment where they think you're not watching and they'll just slide it out from behind you and off they go. 
Yeah. And I like to remind myself that we are rich compared to most oh, people. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. You no, know, totally. we don't feel rich. Like we're maybe I'm eating ramen for a week, but that's still more than a lot of people, <laughs> and a lot of other people are eating. I know. You know? And that, that was the other part of it. I just thought this person obviously really needed. Yeah money for whatever reason I hope that they used it in a way that helped them because yeah it's gone now no point getting upset exactly yeah like we can dwell on it and be upset for a month or we can move on exactly yeah wow and the thing is you think that might turn me off travel that's a little bit because I like roughing at travel I can travel and I can stay at the top resorts like I in my own life I've gone from welfare to millionaire by changing the way I thought and we'll talk about that when we get to the to the sort of success side but I I choose not to because I figure if you're going to be staying in five-star resorts you're going to be mixing with people that are living that life and you're basically sitting in a hotel living the life that you would be living at home what's the point of travel like I really like the whole roughing it I like staying in at places that are a bit, a little bit seedy and a little bit scary. <laughs> it makes the adventure more exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And if you stay at the five-star resorts, you're also not really meeting interesting people. Exactly. And then, and then the five-star oh. resorts have a little, you might have a little tour here and there, but you're sitting in amongst the same sort of people and they take you to like the better places that all the tourists go to and you miss out on the real experience. And that's, yeah. To me, that's what travel's all about. Because think about it. When I first went traveling with my parents, I was 15. So that was like, how many years ago is that? That's a lot of years. That's decades and decades and decades and decades ago. So the world was a completely different place. There pretty much was no five-star resort. Maybe we just never saw it. But there was nothing. Like we were like really roughing it. I remember staying in one place. I think it was Afghanistan and the area that we were camping in was actually surrounded by barbed wire on all sides like really tall fencing and then barbed wire over the top like we had to be caged in so the locals didn't get us (laughs) so yeah pretty interesting stuff wow that's amazing and then so when so the trek from London to that was a walk no no that wasn't a walk so that was in a like an overland kind of four-wheel drive type thing and we camped every night except when we were places where it was snowing like I remember when we went through Austria and it was snowing and I remember that was the first time I slept in a bed with a doona do you call it something different in America like the big thick blankety thing what are they called is it a comforter but it was the first time because at my house we had a sheet on the bottom a sheet on the top then we had just normal old blankets and staying in Austria they had these big feather-filled dunas, that's what we call them in Australia. And it was like, oh, my gosh, it was so good because the air was freezing. We were under this one thing and it was so warm and lovely. So, yeah, but most of the time it was camping. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing that your parents were so adventurous. Yeah, I know. And you know what? I don't even know why. I don't know what got into their mind to think, let's just take half the money from the sale of the house because they were both working class parents like they both had jobs we never had any extra money to do anything we just lived a normal everyday life and then they just decided for some obscure reason when they sold the house to take half the money and travel the world and it just it astounds me how they like whoa like for that amount of time 
and all that travel and all those different countries and all that planning and all that organizing and then having to look after I was 15 my sister who was younger than me was 13 and my brother was 17. I can't imagine trying to look after three kids in foreign countries for that amount of time like insane. And then the planning without the internet. I know. And the one thing that really amazes me is I look at some of the photos of that time. Now we went for 10 months. Okay. And there's a, there's one or two photo albums. I remember the trip that my daughter and I did to Morocco on the first day, we took a thousand photos. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, the the difference in the holidays. And and it was really interesting because I've got a photo of my mum and me walking through Todra Gorge in Morocco. And I remembered that photo and I got exactly the same photo of me and my daughter walking through Todra Gorge. Exactly the same place. Yeah, it was really cool. And did you feel safe in Morocco with your daughter? Okay, so... I've traveled Morocco a couple of times and I've always felt great. And I've traveled with my son and felt fine. But when I traveled with my daughter, I I felt more protective of her. Like I I was fine, but I just felt like she did. Maybe she was just going to be too friendly and she's knockout gorgeous. So it was like, are they all drawn to her? Because she's got the bluest eyes that just pop. And I was really worried that something might happen to her. But, but yeah, no, I tend to sometimes feel unsafe, but just make sure that you're surrounded by people so that nothing can happen. One of the times that I felt the most unsafe in my travels, when I was in my early 30s, I was going out with a guy from South Africa. And we decided to go back to South Africa to go to his sister's wedding in Plettenberg Bay. And while we were there, we decided to to travel and his parents gave us their four-wheel drive. And we travelled from Port Elizabeth up to Kruger National Park and then to Zimbabwe and then back down to Cape Town. And that was mind-blowing. And there were moments in that trip in Kruger National Park, there's this big old elephant, like this elephant that was so old one of his tusks broken off and he was too old to find a mate and so he was a little bit angry about that Mm -hmm. and he charged us and it was like we're we're taking a video of this elephant charging us and I'm thinking how fun is this and suddenly it's oh my god quick start the car go go and it wouldn't start and we're freaking again there's times when uh, interesting things happen but again it's all an adventure (laughs) well as long as we don't die but then (laughs) (laughs) my veterinarian had the altitude sickness that you Um, got there's a name for it too i I know there's a medical uh, uh, yeah cerebral edema i can't remember yeah it is yeah Yeah. something like that yeah Yeah. so she got it in i think she said she was in denver or something and that's where she's from but she maybe she's hiking in colorado and they wouldn't believe her the doctor she went to the doctor and she's a doctor oh my gosh and yeah. she, and they were like no you're fine and they cut her loose and she just got sicker and sicker till she ended up in the hospital and almost yeah. died yeah so it's yeah. serious and it happens it happens so so quickly i remember we were right before the next stop was going to be a base camp at on everest and i remember waking up in the morning and just feeling like i just didn't have what it took to go on. And I'm a very determined person. I'll just keep going no matter how bad I feel. When I climbed Kilimanjaro with my kids, I felt sick from day one, but I was determined to keep going because I knew if I stopped, they'd stop because they were only, my son was only 16 at the time and my daughter was 17. I knew if I stopped, they'd stop. So I kept going. But luckily I didn't get as sick. But on Everest, I just knew that I 
couldn't go on. And I'd actually heard, and it was really quite scary when you're, you're climbing because you see all the other climbers and everyone meets for breakfast and then everyone goes off um, in their groups. But there was this one lady who, very similar to me, had coughing a lot, feeling really sick, feeling really weak. And But she, the, everyone had decided to do just one little, I think it was two or three hour trek and come back just to acclimatize themselves to a little bit higher altitude and she said look I'm going to give it a miss I'm just going to have a rest and they came back and she was dead Mm. so you basically just yeah you just you drown in your own fluid when you're lying down you just drown in your own fluid in your lungs and it can happen that quickly so yeah one one minute you can be here and the next you're just gone and so yeah it's a bit scary but I live to tell the tale so yeah, you I'm happy to tell the tale. yeah yeah exactly yeah. and a lot of people do die on Everest every year they do yeah. yeah and you know what the strange thing is the reason I decided to climb Everest I saw a movie called Everest Mm-hmm. which is really not the thing to inspire you to want to climb it because so many people died in the movie. But for some obscure reason, I think I, I missed all of the dying and I just saw the scenery and the people and the experience and just thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to do that. <laughs> wow. They should have a, a little thing at the end, a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't get inspired. Don't do it. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. But you have that experience. That's an experience yeah. that you and your kids will never forget. Oh, yeah, I totally amazing. Totally amazing. Wow. Yeah, I really want to do either the Camino Trail or something in Europe. I'm not sure. I was doing a train ride from San Francisco to Chicago, and I met a woman from Dresden, Germany, and I did get to visit her uh, a year later. And But she had done the trail between... Rome and Napoli or Roman Capri. I don't, I uh, I should look it up, but it was not a well-known hiking trail. Mm. And she did it in her late fifties with a backpack. And I was like, oh, in awe. Like if you can do it, I could do it too. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing. It's all a state of mind when it comes to travel and when it comes to anything that involves your body, because the bottom line is as long as you can walk and as long as you can can have the attitude that I'll just keep going for as long as I can. People can do all sorts of things. So yeah, backpacking and walking the trail is pretty easy, I think. Having said that, let me tell you something. Yeah. So my daughter and I came back from climbing Everest and that was the most intense thing we've ever done in our life. And then they had this fundraiser here where I live on the coast. And it was, I can remember the name of the fundraiser, but you had to trek 30 kilometers along the beach. And I said to my daughter, let's do this. Let's raise some money for this charity. And we're thinking, oh, piece of cake, we've climbed Everest, we've climbed Kilimanjaro, we've trekked the Inca Trail. This is just going to be like nothing. We walk along the beach, you've got the sunshine and the sea. Oh, yay. I'm telling you, that was the worst thing we've ever done. Both of us got blisters upon blisters on on the soles of our feet, not even the backs, on the soles of our feet. So every step you took, you felt like you're walking on sandpaper. It was like the worst ever. And I think it was just a shoe thing. Like you needed to have the right shoes. It didn't let any sand in or else you're gone. But, yeah, that was terrible. And we, we trekked that. We trekked with everyone else. And I think we were probably about the third last people to actually get in. Like we, every step, you just had to tread so lightly because our long? feet, we started at 10 in the morning. We finished at, it was about 7.30 at night. Oh. And from about the first two hours, it was pain, like intense pain. And so we could have given up at any stage, but it was right. like, we didn't really want to give up. We wanted to 
keep going. So we did. We just kept going. And, and I think the reason we were third last is because so many people dropped out. So, again, it is all about mindset. It really is about just making a decision to do something. And particularly when it comes to travel and doing something like the El Camino is you make a decision to do it. So no matter what happens along the way, no matter if you get this ache or that ache or those blisters or whatever, it's an experience that you'll never have again. Like right. you, you've got to keep going. You've got to just put one foot in front of the other and just enjoy the amazing experience. Yeah, totally. And I have a friend who did the, there's a trek in Scotland and it's apparently it's really beautiful and you stay at inns and little towns along the way. Gorgeous. Yeah, but it's it's also heavy backpacking. So yeah, yeah. I love that. I feel like I, I have a friend who says, I'm not a turtle. I don't wear my house on my back. And I'm always like, I am a turtle. I, I can wear my house on my back. Yeah. I'll I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe, leave a five-star rating or review, or share it with a friend who would find value from this episode. You can find more information about AUA at anunknownadventure.com. I do try to leave extensive show notes here under the podcast and on the website. The show notes include links to everything that's been discussed here today, plus shortened transcripts for some guests, their bios, and photo. My main goal is to encourage you to achieve your dreams. So if you have any questions, please DM me on Instagram at anunknownadventure. And whether you do or you don't, following me there would be amazing. Remember to keep dreaming big because your adventure awaits and I would love to hear about it. Thanks so much and have a great day.